You are now tuned in to Discover Your Potential with TV radio talk show hosts Dan Gilman and Anna DeVere. So listen, participate, and be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here they are, Dan and Anna. Risky is the new safe. Focusing on your 1%, the one thing that makes you special, that makes you unique, and connecting with an audience online is the future. Because I believe that we are created to, for the, with this dream, this thing we are supposed to do, this, this idea we are supposed to share, that we are the linchpin in our own community, and then if we don't speak up, who will? And now, you can because of technology, because of the connection that we have. So what about you? Where are you? What is your dream that you're maybe a little afraid to say? How can you define it? How can you define what that mission to pursue is? Put a deadline on it. Maybe you need a mentor, somebody to guide you, a trusted advisor. Share it with your friend. And maybe you're already a little advanced. You already have your idea. You've clearly defined your mission. You have some advisors, some mentors, some people to help you along the way. But you hit a, a wall. In running, you hit a wall and you keep going. That's the mindset you need to develop. And so to have this mindset of, of learner persistence, of continuing through that, what Seth Godin calls the dip, because failure is feedback and to move forward is the only way that you're going to be successful today. So my challenge to you today is, will you do your impossible? Thank you. Brian, so hey. glad to have you here today. Hey, Dan. Hey, Anna. Thanks so much yeah. for having me today. Of course. Thank you for being here today. We're, we really appreciate it. Um, so I just, I'd love to learn more about you, what you're doing. And, and also I had my, the first question that I had, because this is all about discovering your potential. Yes. But how did you discover your own potential mm -hmm. and realize your mission to help authors and speakers and just anyone that really needs support? Amazing. Well, we can, we could trace my origin story to any number of points, but the, the most poignant one I think was when I was 18 years old, I was a freshman in college and I was going to the college in this little college up in Canada. And I was in a life-changing car accident. It, I, it was a slippery road, black ice, skid right onto the highway, and I was T-boned. And um, this car coming right at us highway speed. And as at slow motion, Dan, in slow motion, I saw this car coming right at me, 18 years old, leaned over to the middle of the car, crash. And I thought that was it. I mean, I was going to die in the car accident and I'd wake up in heaven or whatever. And, um, and like literally my life flashed before my eyes. And, and I remember this feeling, even just in this millisecond of this, before this crash of regret, this feeling of, mm. oh, this is it. Like I could have done so much more. I could have helped so many more people. And so it felt like an hour went by, but it must've been a second. And I opened my eyes and instead of seeing the pearly gates or whatever, I saw these two hands and they were clenched like this because I was like leaned over in the middle of the car. And I remember looking at my hands, 18 years old, looking at my hands and slowly opening and closing my fingers. And I remember just this feel, I was just crying, just this feeling of I can do something with these hands and I can make an impact on people. And that really was a turning point in my life uh, from using my hands for me, what can I get to what can I give? And that, and that for me, that shifted my whole career from trying to be a rock star. You know, I was, I was uh, getting my music degree and I was in a band on the weekend and the whole thing shifting from there to starting to do guitar lessons. And then I volunteered at a summer camp and then I ended up becoming a school teacher and that's really where I under that I just understood the value of your life is in what you give and not what you get. And that really set me on a new course of investing in others. And now I can just continue that 20 something years later, when I invest in messengers, when I invest in, in you and people that have a message to share and an audience to serve, 
the impact of these hands is exponential. It's, it's, it's multiplicative, multiplicative. There you go. I think that's a word exponential in terms of the growth, because it's not about me and my words and my hands. It's about how I help you get your words out there. And that's really the turning point in my life was way back then. That's incredible. That's like a really young age to decide that you're giving and living as life of service, man. That's incredible. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. I, I, I was a musician growing up, and, mm. and yet I always felt sort of mission-based. Uh, didn't take a near-death experience like you described, but I yeah. certainly can relate to that turning point. Mm. So I want to hear more about what you do. Go ahead, Dan. Ask the hard-hitting question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also you've in the in the past too, because uh, I've watched a lot of not only videos of of you because you produce a lot of content, mm -hmm. but you mentioned navigating. And I know this is kind of moving away from what you were just talking about, but sure. I I wanted to ask this. But you mentioned navigating tech overwhelm. Yes. And uh, what are some common technology challenges you see in in your field and how do you recommend addressing them and, oh, that's and, such a good question. and i want to and i can go back to the other the other sure. stuff because that was really important what you were talking about yeah. kind of building your purpose right. just from that experience that you had which was ex extraordinary i'm sorry you went through that well but, thank you it it used to be that if you wanted to write a book there was a pretty step-by-step -step process that made sense to a lot of people, right? You would, you would type it or you would write it out and then you would find somebody to print it or you'd find a publisher that you could work with. And then the publisher would take your words and print them in a book and then it would be in a bookstore and people could find it. And you could tell your friends, hey, my, my book's in a bookstore. However, with social media, with advert online advertising, with with short form video content, with websites and blogs, oh my, like there's so many things that can really feel overwhelming. And the process of getting your words out of your head and out of your heart and onto a page and into the hands of a reader has gotten really, really complicated. So I think where people feel overwhelmed is in two things. I think number one, they get overwhelmed with the strategy so I don't know how to grow an audience. I don't know how to get my book in Target. I don't know how to get my book on Amazon. I don't even know how to get my book printed. So the strategy, uh, but also the technology. The technology feels like it's changing every day. The algorithm changes. The, the apps are updated almost every day. So the apps are literally changing every day. And so what used to be something that felt a little bit more simple, which is I write words and then I can share my words. Well, now it's not even words, it's video. <laughs> like, how do I make this short form video and people are dancing? Do I need to dance and point? There's a trending <laughs> music. Like, it just feels so overwhelming when really at the end of the day, you just want to help people. You just, you have a story. So if one of our clients, Larry, he's in his 80s, he wants, he wants to write a book. He's writing a book with our, our publishing company, Hope Books. He's writing a book about a boy and his dog. It's a nice cute story about just the value of having a furry furry friend just having an animal when you're a kid and just and it's just a cool story larry doesn't know how need to know how to use tiktok in order to get his message out there but it can feel really overwhelming to try to figure out how do i do this like and so i think that's where people a lot of people get stuck is thinking here's the thing it's thinking that you have to master all of the things so my suggestion is just to focus on one. Pick one plat one um, one person and one platform, and that's it. And so, and actually, even though there's a lot of other tools out there, I still think if you're Larry and your target is 50 year old people, Facebook's still where it's at. You know, posting on your personal Facebook, just a nice comment um, can actually break through a lot of the noise. And so it's about being you, being authentic and picking one platform to share instead of trying to do all the things that are out there. Oh, that gives that me hope sense. already. I mean, I, I, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Know where your audience is. Because yeah, I can tell you where my audience is not. And it's TikTok, right? That's right. Oh, no, there is an audience there, which is really exciting. If you're looking for a new audience, especially if you have some life experience, you know, what I've what yeah. I've found is there's an abundance of information, but there's a lack of wisdom. And so in, in 2023, everyone has opinions. Uh, but who has wisdom? Like who has solid wisdom for living? 
And, uh, and so this generation is looking for um, good content. Like they actually are. They're looking for something that can help them, whether it's help yeah. them make money, whether it's help them with their relationships, whether it's to help them with their, their health and their fitness. They're looking for good information. And I see it as our, as our duty. It's our responsibility as people who have figured some stuff out, right? I'm 44 years old. I've figured some stuff out in my life. I don't know everything. But there's a couple of things I know a lot about and a lot I know a little bit about. And so if I focus instead, what are the couple of things I know a lot about? Share what I've learned because I can take a decade of experience and convert it into a day of transformation. So transforming a decade into a day, I believe is our responsibility. If I can help somebody else skip mm. a, a 10 years of struggle because I happen to teach what I know, because they can read it in a book or they can listen to it on a podcast, that's a life well lived. And so if Brian was in an accident today and I had that same moment of looking at my hands and going, how have I used them? Mm. I would look back on the last 20 something years and say, I've helped other people get their message out and encourage others. And I think the ripple effect of that is generational. Like it's multi-generational legacy. And I think that's what each of us can do with the technology that we have is share our story and encourage others to move forward. That's fantastic. I, I, I think I'm vibing on our generation and you talk about ripple effects, but I think our generation might be a little more okay with embracing mistakes. I don't know if you feel that way, but are there some mistakes that you think that you could help other people avoid like right out of the gate? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it used to be, it used to be that people said that, that like a recipe for depression is to compare yourself to the Joneses. Remember we used to say the Joneses and that Mm -hmm. the idea was the grass is always greener. In other words, your neighbors, and so we would see a neighbor who just got a fancy new boat and we'd be like, I don't even have a boat. And then we would feel really bad about ourselves because we're not successful enough because we don't have a boat or we didn't get a pool. We didn't build a pool in our backyard. And so we're looking at our neighbors. Well, the thing is, that was at least somewhat logical because they're at least in the same stratosphere of income and neighborhood. Now our neighbors are the most famous people in the world. And they are the top 0.0000001% of everything. Hmm. So like, it would be a miracle if I was at like a trampoline park with my kids and I did a flip. Okay. If I did, a, <laughs> if I did a flip, that would be amazing. And that would be really incredible. Now I can go on YouTube and I can watch people do like quadruple flips. And so my flip feels good to me, but then I go on YouTube and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't do a quadruple flip. I'm a failure. And so I think we all do that. We go, well, I'm the only person in my life that I know that has a podcast. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh Uh-oh, I just went to the podcast directory and I saw all these other people who have podcasts and they're better than me and they're good looking that more good looking than me and they have more subscribers and they've been doing it for 10 years and I should probably just quit because we compare ourselves to the world-class performers. And so I think in fairness, what we should instead do is compare ourselves, not to somebody else, but compare ourselves to where we used to be. What what was my life like a year ago? Did I make improvements over the last year? How did I take big steps over the last year? And and so uh, Ben Hardy has a great book called The Gap and the Gain. And this is how I try to live. Like I want to focus on the gain how much have I, how much progress have I made instead of on the gap, which is the deficit that I still feel? No, oh, that's mm. a great answer. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, it's interesting. Um, I, I wanted to ask before, like, can you share, uh, hearkening back, but can you share an example of a success story yeah. from your coaching experience that particularly stands out to you? Oh yeah, there's oh, there's so many. I um I think that the the biggest success story I think is it, like the biggest transformation I think doesn't happen uh, financially or or even audience wise. I think it actually is what do they say? Like the biggest distance between anything is between our our head and our heart. Like actually believing something for ourselves, mm-hmm. and so. Um, to, to think about a couple of my coaching clients through the years of how 
they finally took that step to, you know, step into their greatness. Like the, the idea that you were born for this time, that it's really easy to go, man, life would have been better for me if I was born 10 years ago. Or, oh my goodness, wouldn't have life have been better if I had this degree or if I had this education or if I didn't marry that person or, you know, if I was, if I was the firstborn and not the lastborn or if my parents stayed together, like we can always look for things that we wish were different. But instead, what if we looked at the ingredients of our life and we said, what can I do with this? And so to see my clients go, oh, I might not be the world-class expert, but I'm, mm -hmm. I can be a little expert in my own world. You know, a first grader looks at a fourth grader and sees an expert. And so I, for me, I think it's about seeing my coaching clients say, you know what? I don't think I can change the whole world, but I can change one person's world. And yeah. so generally what that means is they have the courage to finally make their first offer. Like that's the big shift. And, um, and so like just think about one of my coaching clients, Jennifer, like the first time she decided to offer a coaching group and to say, listen, because she was doing um, like uh, like creative arts. She was like painting and showing people how to do faux painting in their homes, like on walls. It was really cool. And because what, here's the thing, what's obvious to you is magic to other people. And we all have an obvious magic. We all have something we know how to do. Like for example, because I was a musician for so long, when I go to a church service or a concert or a, or a you know after five event, I can hear if the microphones are tuned. Like there's a right. process to EQing the room, and I know if the microphones sound good or if they don't sound good. I can just tell when somebody says check check. I know immediately whether or not the sound person knows what they're doing or not. That's because I have the curse of knowledge, right? Like I've been doing this so long, and so the thing is. When we walk into a room, we notice what's broken because we have expertise. And so if your skill is hospitality, you feel the, the, the room and you're like, man, this room feels cold. Like nobody greeted me. Or if your skill is marketing, you're looking for the branding. You know, you're looking for the signage. If your skill is music, you're listening. If your skill is, is networking, you're looking for the networking opportunities. And so I think for each one of us, if we lean into the thing that frustrates us and we lean into service, that's where, that's where people get really um, value out of life. You know, to put your head on the pillow at night and say, man, that was a good day. Hmm. It, it's usually when you gave back and when you, when you took what you know and you shared it with somebody and you helped them uh, move forward. Oh, that's oh. great. That's really great. I think you're getting to something that I love. I, I, I naturally encourage people because everybody, like you say, has a secret sauce, right? Yep, yep. And so in understanding your own offering, it's, it's knowing where your field of expertise and then believing in yourself. Yeah, that's right. 100%. 100%. Now, if, if I can say something more broad, then do you think there's one like really important skill for success, whether you're an author or public speaker or... Yeah finisher is there one skill that you would put above others that, that kind of helps you succeed in I think it's world? diligence I think I think discipline and diligence which are related I, I would even use them as synonyms which is hmm. like that one percent better every day it's like how can I how can I exercise that habit how can I how can I improve my skill just a little bit you know they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity and so our, our job isn't necessarily um, going and finding the opportunity, but instead our job is to get better, like just to, just to be better at what we're doing. And so if we take what we're doing and every single day we make one small improvement, what the, one of the coolest things about being, I love being alive in this generation. Like the, we're filming this in 2023. 2023 is the world's, the greatest year in the history of the world, because this is the opportunity we have today to make a difference for people. And what I know is that if you're, if you keep getting better at what you do, see the comedian Steve Martin has a quote from like the seventies. That's one of my favorite quotes. And he says, be so good. They can't ignore you. So if you just keep leveling up your skills, keep showing up for your clients, keep delivering good, valuable service, whether you're a musician, whether you're an artist, whether you're a, a writer, whether you're a coach, whatever it is, you keep showing up and keep delivering good service. And guess what's going to happen? Referrals 
recommendations, over time, people are going to start to notice your skills because people, uh, high performing people, leaders want trusted advisors. And so over time, you're going to go from serving your neighbor to serving your mayor. And you're going to go from serving your mayor to serving your governor to serving the president. Now, it might not be in politics, but every every field, every niche has a mayor and a governor and a president. And so if you're a public speaker, you might start local. And then over time, you get invited to regional events and you do excellent work to regional events. and You'll get invited to national events and maybe international events. And it's just the cycle of life. And I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in kind of our microwave culture, we just think American Idol, everybody's going to get discovered immediately. It's like, you don't want to get discovered on American Idol because you're not good yet. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> better to be better. It's better to get better. You know, the, the, the Google boys, the, the guys that founded Google, they didn't advertise. For years, they didn't advertise because their, their answer was, we want to make Google better every day. Because mm. I would rather somebody discover us a year from now when we're better than today when we're not. And so I think you, as long as you focus on that discipline every day, over time, you're going to get so good that people are going to invite you to speak to their mastermind or to come coach their kid or to speak at their conference. It will happen over time as long as you keep getting better at what you do. How does Absolutely. Just make you, doesn't that make you feel better, Dan? Absolutely. <laughs> like hosting a show about discovering your potential i feel like our guests make us better every single time thank you so, brian yeah it's yeah it's yeah. incredible yeah. um i i also wanted to segue because i wanted to talk about authenticity because mm -hmm. that's really uh, that's actually a key part of your mission right so that's right why there's no other way to be right well yeah. could, could, could you explain why it's so important that's and right. how one can maintain it while trying to sell their products or services or just their brand themselves, yeah. right? Because there's a lot of coaches too out there. No, I'm not going to point names of people, <laughs> but that who aren't authentic, right? So, yeah, uh, authenticity is really key. Well, here's the thing: like, eventually, I think Oscar Wilde said, "What what's done in the deepest dark in, in the deepest dungeon will one day be proclaimed from the rooftop." And so the reality is one day you're going to be yep. found out. I mean, you think about anybody in politics who's had a scandal. They were two people. They were their public self and their secret self. And mm. guess what? One day their secret self came out. And that really sucks. Like, it's not fun to be exposed. And so what if instead you were just you? Like, you were, you were just you all the time. And so the me, the Brian I am on the call right now is the same Brian I am when I'm talking to my kids. It's the same person I am when I'm hanging out with my friends or when I'm on a stage. I, there's just one version of me. And I think that, for me, that was probably the accident that really changed that. Because I, I, I do feel like I was living a bit of a double life in, in high school and mm -hmm. a little bit in college, right? I, I kind of put on the face this way, but then I would act this way. And, and you know, the Bible, I'm a Bible guy. The Bible says a double-minded double man is unstable in all his ways. And so authenticity and vulnerability really starts with integrity, which means being the same person no matter who you're talking to. Now, I talk differently to somebody who has a doctorate degree than to somebody who's in kindergarten, but I'm still the same person. It's just the way I phrase the message, the way that I translate or, or craft my words. And so I think when I think about selling, um, I actually told a coaching client this today. I had a coaching call and he's thinking about starting a mastermind. We, we have a mastermind in our company. You know, it's a small group that we invest in over the course of a year. They invest in us and we invest in them. And he said, like, what's the secret of selling a mastermind? And I said, here's what you do. You just create something cool. <laughs> you just be like, wouldn't it be cool? So our mastermind, I said, wouldn't it be cool if we all went to Chicago? We spent three days talking about our business. We went to an escape room together and we went and had fancy dinners and just celebrated our success. Wouldn't that be cool? And, mm. and the right people are like, that would be cool. I would love to do that. And I just, my sales process is, well, come on in. <laughs> like, this is what it costs. It's not free, mm. but it's worth it. It's the investment is worth it. And I think when you do cool stuff and you just lean into what you love doing already and you mm -hmm. just invite people, you know, one of, one of my, um, one of my old pastors said the key to mentorship is just never go anywhere alone. You just invite people to go with you. So he said he was mentoring a young pastor and he had to go fill up the gas in his car. And he said to the young pastor, he's like, Hey, you want to go fill up the gas? And the pastor was like, Oh yeah, I'd love to fill up gas with you. 
It's so small, but guess what? Mentorship happens in the moment. It happens by what they call it, managing by walking around. I think mentorship by walking with somebody, um, right? A student will become like his teacher. And so what we do is we live our lives openly. That's what the coolest thing about social media is I can share with you how I'm a dad. I can talk to you about how I treat my wife. I can tell you about how I run my company. And then if you recognize those things as excellent, you go, man, I want more of that. And if you recognize those things as not, you can unfollow me. No problem at all. But but the people I'm meant to serve look at my life as a father, as a husband, as a business leader, as a, as a faith-filled person, and they go, I want that. I want more of that. So then when I invite, hey, come to my conference. We're so excited about our Hope Story conference. Then people go, oh, I want to buy a ticket. This is amazing. But some people are going to say, no, no, he's not for me. He's too much for me. And so I think authenticity is understanding that not everybody's going to resonate with you. But you know, the secret in life is not everybody resonates with you, right? I only needed to find one spouse, not 11, you know, and I only need to find a few coaching clients, not a million of them. And right. so I think you being real, it, you'll attract your right person if you are fully you. I love that. Oh, I love the fact that you're just inviting people for the ordinary. I, I agree with you. When you're really invested in the present moment, there's teaching teaching happening everywhere. Yep. And what a great concept. I'm I'm totally going to rob that, Brian. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Yeah, this yeah. is so fun. Thanks for having can, me. Can, can you tell, tell us more about the Hope Conference? That would be great. I'm sure oh, a lot absolutely. of people would love to hear. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things that we do is we do live events. I, I just think there's nothing quite as transformational as taking some time out of your out of your day to day, getting on a plane, saying goodbye to your family for a few days, getting on a plane or getting in the car and going somewhere where you're surrounded by like minded people. So the people that I serve, there's only two things that they believe. They have a message to share and an audience to serve. So if you believe that you have a message to share, that what you've been through isn't wasted if you share it with somebody else to help them go through the thing they're going through, that's the message part. And then the audience are people who need that transformation. So if you believe you have a message to share and an audience to serve, then come to the Hope Story Conference. The Hope Story Conference is all about helping you discover share and publish your hope story. And so it's uh, mm. the, the next one is coming up in January. We have it every January, January in Florida. Um, HopeStoryConference.com is the website. And we have four tracks at the Hope Story Conference because I think that these are the four ways we share our, our message, at least these in these this generation. Mm. Writing. So we have a writing track. So that's writing your book, that's writing your blog, that's sharing your words on social media. Speaking, so that's speaking on stages, that's telling telling your story. Um, podcasting, which is what we're doing now, so that's interviewing and inter interviewing and be interviewed, uh, but 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 being able to develop your skills in the microphone where people are putting you in their earbuds, uh, and then finally entrepreneurship, because uh, I believe that you can build a, mm. a multi six figure business sharing your story. And, and serving your audience. And when you share your story and you serve your audience, you can have a life that is so fun. It's, it's so fun. You can work anywhere you want. You can make as much as you want. You can help as many people as you want. And the best thing for me, I believe, the best thing is being able to put my hat on my pillow at night and go, man, like I helped a lot of people today. Like that feels really good. So the income's great. The impact's great. But more than that, you feel like you're doing what you're made to do. Huh. And not a lot of people have that. And so, so that's really what the Hope Story Conference is about. And, and we're really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so glad you. you have all those tracks. It's important that people feel comfortable and then get a little uncomfortable. But I'm, that's sure, right. that's, I'm sure that's really inspiring. I'm going to, full disclosure, I'm going to tell you that one of the things I struggle with is social media. Yep. And I, would, I was just curious, like, what would you tell somebody that has no online presence? Like, what are some tips to kind of break that barrier. And I, you talked about authenticity, which I really appreciate because mm -hmm. if you're okay with sharing, I mean, I, I pull back a little bit because I'm in podcast world and I feel like yeah. a lot of people know enough about me, but is there anything you could share like top tips for people that need to really be a messenger online and maybe don't want to share everything or what would oh, you yeah. tell somebody like me? So what I want you to do is I want you to think of your little nephew or your little niece so think about, and, and if you don't have a little nephew or a little niece, like think about somebody in your life who's at least five years behind you, if not 20 years behind you. 
So, so for example, like I, I have a nephew and uh, several, and, and I think about one day, uh, the one I'm thinking about right now, his name's Isaac and, and he's like 12 years old. And I think one day Isaac might want to do what Brian does. Like one day he might want to be an online entrepreneur. And I really care about him because he's my sister's kid. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't need famous people to tell him how to live and how to build a business. He just needs Uncle Brian. And so what I would do is I take out my phone. This is what I do almost every day. I take out my phone. I look at the camera and I think, okay, what can I share with Isaac that'll help him one day? Because he's not 12 years old. He's not ready for it yet. But that, that helps me think about how I want to come across and, and, and what kind of content I would want to share. And so I don't tr chase trends. It doesn't matter what cool music is happening right now or what other people are doing because it's not for anybody else except for my little nephew. And so if, if I would recommend every day because of the discipline. So if every day I took out my phone, I looked at my phone and I said, okay, Isaac, when it comes to hiring people, here's my three best tips for hiring people. And I record that on my phone. And then when I go to post that on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever tool you want to use, they change all the time. Before I post it, these apps now have a way to, to cut the video. I would just cut off the part where I said, hey, Isaac, because not everybody's named Isaac. And so I just remove his name and I would just say, so for example, instead of like, hey, Isaac, here's a few tips if you're thinking about hiring somebody for your company, it would just say, here are a few tips for hiring people for your company. And I post that. Now it's for him. I know, now you know, you're in the inside now, y'all. So you know it's for Isaac, but my audience doesn't know that. And so Dan watches my video. He goes, man, that was such a good tip for hiring people. Dan, it wasn't for you, man. It wasn't for you at all. It was for Isaac, but guess what? I'm so blessed that you were blessed by it. And that's the key to social media. It's, one, it's thinking about one person you care about it's not about the algorithm. It's not about followers. It's not about monetization. It's about leaving a legacy. It's about helping mm. somebody care about. So I love nieces and nephews because it's like, I'm willing to be a little embarrassed, you know, for Isaac's sake, right? Like, like if he was in trouble, like I would mm. get, go out of my way to help him. And so, because he's my family and that's how I think about social media. And that's given me so much freedom, especially criticism. I, I get all kinds of people saying, how dare you say this? Or I don't like this. Or what about this? You know what? Right. It doesn't matter because it's not even for them. It's for Isaac. And he doesn't even have social media yet. That's great. Yeah, I'm kind of a climped on that one. You know what? You kind of you hit like a real sweet spot, leaving a legacy yep. and, and not doing it for trendy reasons. Boy, you really got me. Dan, you got to think <laughs> that was like making me tear up a little bit. Well, you should, I, I don't mean to be biased or brag or anything, but, but Anna is an incredible songwriter and singer. There you go. I so, it. I mean, just to have her, her presence be there is, is, you know, it would be. Oh, you're talking about the hope conference. No, just on social. Uh, just oh, on, on social. social. Yeah. yeah. Imagine Anna. And, like, imagine. And, yeah. And there's imagine there's an up and coming singer who's like your sister's kid or like one of your like a daughter of one of your friends or whatever, you know, and, and she wants to do what Anna's doing. She wants to perform at the half at the at the halftime one day. And you've got 10 years of her attention with micro content over the next 10 years. She watches little 30 second clips of you. There you go. And then in 10 years from now, she's going to have a fantastic opportunity to perform it at a, at a halftime at a, at a football game. And imagine the difference between her doing it completely on her own with no coaching from Anna and her having 10 years of coaching for Anna. Like she's going to be better. She's going to make a bigger impact because you took three minutes out of your day, five minutes out of your day, and you made a little bit of content. So I think the key to social media is just sharing, uh, uh, you know, there, there's one of the sayings is document instead of create. I think when we look at when we look at the blank screen of death, when we look at that Facebook and it's blank and it says, what's on your mind? I'm like, I don't know what's on my mind. Uh, what do I say? <laughs> but instead, we look at our day like today we I had, you know, we have a pretty big company and somebody just gave their notice today. No problem at all, because I know what to do. 
I know what to do. Mm. So, so we have a process of what to do when somebody leaves and how to hire somebody. We've got a process for that. But here's the thing. Now it's a gift because now I have an opportunity to share content. So my, so here's what I do. I message my team. Hey guys, here's our plan. Remember when somebody leaves our team, here's our plan of how to hire somebody. So I'll go message that to them and they know we have a, a playbook and all that, but I'll also take out my phone and go, Hey, Isaac. Hey, Isaac, if you have somebody quit, here are the three things that you need to do in the first 24 hours. I record that video. And then before right. I post it, I just remove the, Hey, Isaac. And other people will be like, Oh, Brian, this was so good. I needed to hear it again. It's not for you. It's for him, right. but I'm glad you were blessed by it. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. So do you think there's a big distinction between personal and professional communication no, were you always thinking? No, you're always thinking about Isaac and and yeah, you're always yeah. you. Oh, that's great. I'm wearing a hat today. You know, I could have worn a suit, but that's not me. You know, yeah. so why why would I wear a suit? I'm not trying to impress anybody. I yeah. think that's the thing that got sucked out of me when I was 18 years old. It's like that. You know, I, as as a faith person, there's this idea of fear of God or fear of man, and it's like you just have to pick. Like, who do you care about? And I would much rather have God's opinion of me than man's opinion of me. And I think in the same way, whether you're a faith person or not, it's like you can decide who you're going to listen to. And so I care what my wife thinks about me. I care what some of my good friends think about me. But like some random person on social media, I cannot care less at all because I know who I'm for. And I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Like I totally and I'm great with that. You know, um, but I know, but I know who I'm, who I'm called to serve. And the more I lean into that, the more I serve people because the people I'm not meant for, they're going to run away from me. They're going to hate the way I talk about faith online. And that's awesome because they're going to find their person. And that's great too, right? The future, the, um, the, the opportunity that we have today is crazy abundant. There are so many people on social media. Now as leaders, we need to be producers and not consumers. So my rule of thumb is two to one. I spend twice as much time creating on social media than I do consuming social media. So if you find yourself scrolling, 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 stop and start recording, 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 and you'll see a bigger impact. Yep. Like I'll spend, I want to spend more time making things than watching things. And I think if each of us do that, man, the world's going to be such a better place. Mm. 100%. Without a doubt, do you, have a, do you have a strategy for dealing with negative comments or negative feedback? Or yeah, I think it's about knowing who you are. It, you know, it's it's really about uh, being being secure in in your identity. And identity is a real trigger word in our society, right? There's some real basic things that we used to believe that mm -hmm. people are questioning. Is that even true anymore? And you can be a unicorn if you want to call yourself that, you know. And I I think it, man, it really comes down to. What is your natural gifting? So I'm really big fan of all the personality stuff, you know, so the, the strength finders and the Enneagram and the love languages. Like, I think that each one of us came with a user manual. We just have to write it. <laughs> and so, so I think you go take a bunch of those mm. personality tests and you go, man, I'm really good at starting things, but I'm terrible at all and finishing things. Awesome. I need to find a finisher. I'm going to be the starter. Now I have a business partner. Okay, I'm really good at sharing words online, but I'm terrible at editing those words. Like I, when I post without somebody else helping me, there's a lot of spelling errors. Okay, great. I need an editor. And so I think if if we realize, you know, what did Einstein say, right? If you if we judge the fish based on his ability to to, to ride a bicycle, we'd say that he was stupid. And so it's like, okay, cool. I'm a fish, so I'm not going to be able to ride a bike. I'm not going to be able to climb a tree, but I'm going to swim like crazy. And so I think figuring out what's your lane, what's the thing that you're really good at, what's your natural gifting, and then looking at that and going, who needs that? So yes, I'm a bold guy. I'm a futurist. I'm a visionary. I'm an encourager. I'm a teacher. So how can I lean into people who need a bold guy who's a futurist, a visionary, and a teacher? Working at a bank, not going to happen, right? Speaking at conferences, running a company, creating training, that's that's rock solid for me. So, I, but but other friends were terrible on stage, but they're really good at the bank. 
And so I think mm. it's like figure out what's your thing. That's why I think our whole education system is really flawed because we're just trying to create people that look exactly the same, right? Create everybody exactly the same. So figure out what's your gifting and lean into that and get skilled at the things that you're naturally gifted at. Um, and you're going to make a bigger impact. And I 100% believe this day and age, you're going to make a lot more money doing the thing you're good at than the thing that you're kind of okay at. Yeah. So knowing your why. Yeah. Know your why, know your who, you know, yep. I think I have a book called start with your people. And it's really just about, man, you already know everybody you need to know. I just, I just don't believe in networking. Like there's, I don't have to go to a conference to go meet somebody. I just have to show up for the people that are already in my life because they know people who know people who know people, but they know me right now. And my reputation, right? If you're just getting started, your reputation is terrible. Like yeah. your skills are hard, are not great. And so get good, serve the people in your life right now. And that what, ha what will happen is you showing up for them is going to lead to them recommending to you to the next person who will recommend you to the next person who will recommend you to the next person. That's what the book's all about. Just show up, start with your people, show up with the people in your life already. And over time, your thing will grow. Yeah, mm. That's great. No, I've heard that, that, you know, 90% of life is just being able to show up. Yeah, that's right. It's so true. Yeah. And, and having a willingness to help, you know, like a, a couple hours ago, I dropped off, we're, we're going through a process of moving. So I dropped off a bunch of stuff at Goodwill and uh, the guy was having a bad day. Like he was mm. kind of grumpy about like helping me take the stuff out of the car that I was, do I was donating it. Like if you're, if anybody's going to be friendly in the whole world, it's the guy who's accepting donations, you know? Right. And it's like, it kind of hurt my day. Like I was like, man, why is that guy so grumpy? I'm trying to give him stuff for free. You know, well, guess what? I'm not recommending that guy. You know, I even thought about calling his manager and be like, that guy's not a good front front desk, like front service guy, you know, but imagine if he was amazing. Imagine if he was like, hey, thank you so much. And what you're doing by dropping off that dresser today, that is impacting somebody's life. And that matters. And I just want to say, I just, my name, you know, I just want to personally say thank you for dropping off that dresser because that's going to impact people's lives. You know what I would have done? I would have talked about him on LinkedIn. I would have referred him. I would have called a couple of my friends and said, listen, if you're looking to hire somebody, you got to hire Steve. He's incredible. And so that's it. Steve that's had an great. opportunity. He doesn't know that I'm, that I'm a, um, you know, multi six figure, seven figure business owner with a big team and a huge social. He doesn't know that who he just met, you know, not bragging, but I'm just saying Steve had an opportunity today to level up his career. But instead, he saw it as a job and he was yeah. grumpy about it instead of seeing it as an opportunity to show up and serve. And the thing is, mm. I'm not I'm not throwing stones here because the thing is, we have that same opportunity every day. We don't know who's in front of us or who is behind us in line. But if we show sure. up and serve people in our life, it's going to pay dividends over time, every time. That's great. Mm. No, I agree. You never know who's looking. So um, I, I know we're running low on time, but what's one piece of advice that you'd like to leave with our audience uh, with as they work on discovering their own potential? Yes. I think think a hundred years in the future, just start there. You know, I think, I think a hundred, I think a hundred years in the future. And so I'm 44 years old. So I'm probably not going to live until 144 years old. Like it just statistically, I'm probably not going to live. I'm probably going to live to like 85 or 90 years old. So 100 years in the future means I've been gone for 50 years. So what can I do today that's going to last for 100 years in the future? And so number one, it's the way I show up for my family. Like they're going to know, they're going to remember. My kids will remember me in 50 years, right? They're little right now. So they're going to be like in their 60s. They'll remember me in, wait, 50 years, 100 years. They're going to have told stories to their kids in 100 years from now. How can I build something that lasts 100 years from now? Um, I think that's the best place to start because in our culture, we're so focused on the screen in front of us. We're so, so focused on the news of the moment. This is true no matter when you watch this, but this weekend, there was really big news until Friday evening and then something else changed. And then there was really big news Saturday and Sunday. And so I watched the Sunday morning news talk shows mm -hmm. and it was so funny because it's like they had two news things. There was the one thing that ended and the new thing that began. And that's mm -hmm. our culture. We just think in 15 minute or even a couple day segments. But what if you thought 
a hundred years from now, how would your life be different? How would you show up for different? Because the reality is everybody who hates me on social media, everybody who says negative things on social media, they're not going to be around a hundred years either, right? But maybe my books are going to be around a hundred years from now. The impact that I'm going to have on my kids that impact their kids is going to be around a hundred years from now. Maybe the company that we started is going to be around a hundred years from now. And so if you think about that, how can I leave a legacy that lasts? I think that's a really good way to live. Love that. I love that too. I, I've never even thought about a hundred years into the future, Brian. You're so inspiring. It's been so fun having you. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun and it's just so honored to, to serve your audience. And I believe we all are given a massive, massive potential. And so if you, t if you take the time, there's a great book called The 12 Hour Walk. If you just take 12 hours, take a day off, start six in the morning, go till six at night and just go on a walk. No media, no music, you know, tell your people that you're going to be walking and just take the day. I would recommend praying, but take the day just to think and just to ask, why am I here? And what's my life all about? And over time, to give yourself enough time to be quiet, you're going to hear it. You're going to be like, oh, I should start a podcast. And then discipline. Start the dang podcast. <laughs> like, do it. Like Dan's doing. Do it. And over time, it's going to grow. Yeah. The consistency, the discipline, knowing your audience. And again, my big takeaway is your nephew, Isaac. I, I'd actually like to make that kid. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's great now, but think about how he'll be when I produce 10 years of content that he's learned from. Absolutely incredible. It's like knowing that you're creating a legacy every single day. That's, every a, day. that's a beautiful piece of advice. Awesome. Well, thanks so, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate it. Well, thank you, Anna. It's been such an honor for and a, and a privilege to co-host with you on our fourth episode. And Brian was exceptional. I Truly appreciate yeah. him as a guest being here. I feel like he broke things down in such a personal way. It, it doesn't seem so daunting, you know, and all the things I think that I struggle with in social media land. I just think his advice about, you know, doing something consistently every day, understanding that you're leaving a legacy, that was impactful to me today. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself. But do something nice for someone else. Something about gravity
the top.